Um, I am Becky. And I am Leah. And that was really awkward because I forgot to say what we were doing. Wow. Hot stuff. I mean, um, it's been worse, but it's been better. Yeah. This is Buzzing About Romance, and we are super excited for this interview that you're listening to today. Um, it was on, we asked our community who was on your top wish list for the podcast, and this name came up. I think every time is number one. Yeah, like, I think so. Talk to this person. So um, our guest this time is author Tessa Bailey, and we are super excited to talk to her. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Tessa. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm so excited to be here and excited that um, people requested me. <laughs> I will do my best. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Um, we did. We like reached, we did like this little survey of our like Patreon community and we're like, okay, give us a list. And it was like Tessa Bailey, and we're like, okay, <laughs> we can do that. Um, we'll see what we can do. So, uh, and then your editor, or your, uh, yeah, your editor with the publisher with the publisher was like, hey, uh, I have another author that because we had, I think you share an uh, an editor with or PR person with um, Lenora Bell, and we had Lenora on because you guys are at the same label. So but anyway, Holly. I, Holly, yes, Holly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Holly helped. <laughs> so thank you, Holly. Special I shop. I spend the day with Holly today. We were uh, signing pre-order copies uh, in Brooklyn for like six hours today. Oh <laughs> yeah, I saw your post. There was like <laughs> so many books. So I have to go back books. and sign more next week. I like I, this has never happened before. I probably have topped out at eighty pre-orders in the past. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> it's really exciting. Team helping me, which was, uh, is like just, you know, it just felt like a, it felt like an out of body experience, kind of. We'll get to that because you are do, blowing like, up over there. Now. I think TikTok has been like phenomenal for you. So, but we'll get to that. Okay, Leah, read us Tessa's bio. <clears throat> Okay. New York Times bestselling author Tessa Bailey can solve all problems except for her own. So she focuses those efforts on stubborn, fictional blue collar men and loyal, lovable heroines. She lives on Long Island, avoiding the sun and social interactions, then wonders why no one has called. Dubbed the Michelangelo of Dirty Talk by Entertainment Weekly, Tessa writes with spice, spirit, swoon, and a guaranteed happily ever after. Oh my God, it's like she's me. <laughs> I do. Well, with the whole pandemic thing, and we're under really tight quarantine because of my eldest boy child, um, I said to my husband a couple months ago, I'm like, do we have friends anymore? Because I only see you. <laughs> I know. I really just feel like um, you've kind of had to make a choice. Like, do I keep my friends and sort of like, I give up a little bit of safety? Or do I really hunker down and just hope they'll still want to talk to me in two years? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we went the hunker down route and yeah, yeah. We. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm a little like, guess we should probably start reconnecting with people. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hard, you know, because like you've kind of forgotten how to talk to people and like, mm-hmm. you're like, you don't have a lot to talk about, you know, because you've been inside, you haven't really been doing much. Um, and all the stuff you have done is like book world stuff and so it it really is yeah (laughs) i'm like who wants to listen to us talk for like three hours about books oh wait they'd be listening to the podcast (laughs) 
I'm like, you want to see uh, this TikTok, you know, like this TikTok I made <laughs> in my pajamas this morning, you know, um, my, my mom friends, they don't, they just don't care and I don't blame them. You know? <laughs> That's fair. Um, okay. So let's get to know you a little bit better um, because you are actually, I didn't realize that I had read you, but I read your category romances that were from early on in your career. I think you published a couple of different serials with Entangled. Yes. We, I had maybe five, five series or more with Entangled. Yeah. yeah. So I had read those, but I never really put those together with like the Hot and Hammered series. And it wasn't <laughs> until I read um, It Happened One Summer and someone's like, you know, she used to write category, right? Cause she, so she's not a new to you author. And I'm like, oh, oh, she's that. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know you, you, the cartoon <laughs> covers are like, it's like a rebrand sort of, but they're the same. They're just kind of like exactly the same books that I've always written. It's just that they have like, you know, um, illustrated covers on them. I'm like, nope, same old blowjobs. Yeah. <laughs> they're still there, there's still laughs and there's still blowjobs, but um, they've just kind of been packaged differently. And so a lot of people are like, a lot of people are reading me for the first time with It Happened One Summer and then mm -hmm. kind of being like, oh my God, you've written books before this. And I'm like, 60. <laughs> But uh, it's just cool. Like it does. It's just really cool. No matter when people discover you, it doesn't really matter. And um, it's just like welcome to the fold. Yeah, <laughs> we have fun here. I I personally like. I love when I find an author who has written a bunch of books, especially like when they have. Because I I'm a binger, so I will binge an entire backlist. But then I never run out of any like something to read for like days on end, and it just makes me really happy. Yeah, it's kind of like you're just like standing in front of a like the Baskin Robbins selection of ice cream. Mm -hmm, you're like, exactly. oh my gosh, I know I like this author's writing. Um, and so I can pick like from these six flavors, which is like, you know, the diff different series they've written. And you know, it's, yeah, it's like, nice. Ooh, what am I in the mood for today? Yeah, yeah, it is cool. I love when that happens to me. So nice. I'm not sad that there's a backlist, honest. And and with your stuff too, you have quite a few that are in audiobooks, which are great for me when I'm trying to pretend that I am doing other like computer and office work. <laughs> then I can listen to an audiobook. Yeah, that's me with podcasts. Yeah. I'm like, uh, how can I pretend like I'm doing something productive while doing this other thing? <laughs> right. I, I hear yeah. you. Um, so, okay. So how long have you been writing romance then? Uh, so I think it's actually, um, I think it's nine, it's either eight or nine years this month, February. I think I published my first. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So it's eight. Mm, wait, nope, nope. It's nine because I published my first book in February of 2013 um okay. protecting what's his so yeah wow I actually that that was that would have passed without notice unless you had brought you brought that up <laughs> but that's really exciting um it feels like it's flown by honestly it's a dream job I love every second of it it's like I can't believe I get to do it it's really just like the coolest thing that ever happened um and it, it it's like I didn't know I would be doing this at any point in my life. I, my daughter was born and I kind of was like, 
wow, I better figure out what I'm good at really fast because I, you know, I'm a parent now and I've basically been a slacker my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like, I just took a chance and it seems like, like I haven't stopped since that first book. Like I've just kind of gone from one to the next, like excited to write a new story every time. And it's like the fact that people want to buy them and read them. It's like, ah, oh, it's like so cool. So um, yeah. I just love this job. <laughs> it has to feel a little surreal, like to go from, you know, because you started off traditionally published. That was your first right into the category romances. Yes. So so now to go from that, you know, querying and trying to get yourself out there to now like, you know, it happened one summer was huge, huge. <laughs> and anticipation for the next book in that series, Hook, Lion and Sinker is like, trending everywhere I look I you know someone's talking about which I think is phenomenal and I'm so excited for you but it has to feel a little surreal for you like is this really my life <laughs> yeah it does and it feels like um I don't know it's, it's weird because I went through like a lot of people in through this like really dark period at the beginning of this pandemic like my husband got very sick like he was in the hospital for three months like ventilator everything like my daughter was in a really tough position. She's a diabetic. So she was not in person in school. Like she, we kept her home because we weren't sure what to do. And like, it was just like this dark time. I felt like really um, just like, I don't know how to describe it. You, 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 you guys were all there in your own way. Right. Mm -hmm, and right. it's like coming on the other side of it and being like, uh, just everything happening, everything like coming up roses all at the same time where, and it just, it feels like kind of rewarding to have gone through that dark period, come through with this light at the end of the tunnel and been like, it was going to be fine all along, you know, it's just kind of like really nice. And it's like something I'm going to remember forever. Yeah. You know, when I'm going through a tough period, I'm going to remember like what could happen if you just keep working and you just like trust that things are going to be okay. So, um, Yeah. It's, it's weird because honestly, like our quarantine for our household actually started about a week before like the national shutdown and everything um, because of our son. And we honestly thought it was going to be like two, three weeks. Like his transplant team in Cleveland was telling us, we just want you guys to hold tight. We don't know what things are going to look like. And we get warnings like that for West Nile, you guys. So I was like, yeah, okay, we'll avoid some mosquitoes, right? I mean, no big deal. And then, you know, it was hard. You're like, everybody is you know acting like it's just nothing and you're like um okay <laughs> yeah I think it was just varying degrees of difficulty for everybody and yeah. still is you know um and it's like we had like the real the luck of my husband being uh coming through it you know and so yeah. many people so um I also I think it's another thing is just like I really recognize now how you know I just had this gratitude um, that's like, I didn't necessarily always have it before. So it's hopefully I can hold on to it. It's just a nice feeling. Um, your son, what, what's he, what transplant is he waiting for? Um, he already had, he's five years oh. post liver transplant. Oh, okay. And so we just, there was concern. You don't know how the virus yeah. was going to affect because we have no immune system. And, yeah. and now we're on the other side of it. And, and now it's like re-entry. So I'm really grateful for the pandemic in a way 
<laughs> not because I like have no social life now, <laughs> but because um, had it, I've been talking for eight years, eight years. I've been saying, I'm going to start a podcast about romance books. I'm going to start. I only listen to one. I listen to Faded Mates like everybody else. And but then I'd listen to others and I just wasn't connecting, wasn't connecting. And I really had a passion for it. And because we were home and because we had nowhere to go, I could channel you know, it was a creative outlet for me. And it brought like Leah and I have never met in person, but we've no. been doing this a whole year together. <gasps> wow. It's going to be so amazing when you finally get that chance. Though. It is. I it know. Is. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny because my husband, like recently he told me like we were eating dinner and he's like, you know what? We're just going to send you away. You can go like to Becky's for like a weekend by yourself and like, just, you can just go. I'm like, okay, I'm on, I'm on board with that. Yeah, so I've only known Becky like through the internet for about a year now. So I think that's like real common in this community though you know like mm -hmm. I know some of the best friendships I've witnessed through the years are people that met like in a Facebook group yeah mm -hmm. like a romance Facebook group or you know just like randomly at a signing and they just are still friends like close close friends it's really cool I think romance and the optimism of it and the hope of it and just like the excitement that people get about romance is like so singular and it's a really great, it's a great foundation for like meeting people and building relationships. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's interesting though, too, because we hear a lot from our listeners and from our community that they love this because in their real lives, they don't know anyone that reads romance. So they don't have anyone to talk about romance with. And I venture to guess the fact that it's a billion dollar industry. They probably do know romance readers. They just don't talk about it <laughs> talk about it it's like know, fight club i don't know anybody in my town that reads romance like but the hold on my book at the library is like 16 weeks <laughs> mm -hmm. so i know there are people reading it and i know even reading mine i don't even know if they know that i live in this town they just like it you know it's just funny that i would never think like you don't you go to the pool like the local community pool no mm -hmm. one's reading novel um but they are somewhere you know right like, well I started yeah I started wearing like our podcast merch and other romance book merch out and around town and actually I had a funny thing happen with our buzzing about romance so, uh sweatshirt someone asked me if that was for like a vibrator like if I, I sold vibrators yeah. <laughs> and I'm like nope it's my podcast well, be <laughs> because we forgot to put podcast in the design so i mean so it's there now <laughs> but yeah, when you wear when you wear a sweatshirt that says i read romance you'd be surprised at the people that'd be like do you read x do you know you know have you read this author and i'm like yes i've read that <laughs> yeah it's funny like when you accidentally stumble upon the fact that you and a person you've known for like you know a long time reads romance and you're like oh my god what have you read like my daughter's mm -hmm. school nurse like and we just never like we never stopped talking about it after that because like the thing about romance readers is they're always reading something you know like mm -hmm. it's, it's constant and so there's always something to talk about there is um okay so do you have a favorite type of hero it can be to write or to read uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, I, I share the same 
um, affliction as most romance readers where like in real life, the guy I like in romance would be a total red flag. <laughs> um, but I just love a hero who's like super protective, um, you know, like really even a little, you know, a lot possessive, jealous type. Like I really like tend to gravitate towards that when I'm reading um, and even writing. I just like love a grumpy hero who hates everybody except for the heroine. You know, mm -hmm. like I will always love that. Um, yeah, and I think, uh, I think I tend to write good guys. You know, like I write men who are like maybe come across as like brash and bad, but they're such, everybody calls them cinnamon rolls. Uh, my heroes, mm -hmm. I, I don't really know exactly what that means, but I think it sounds right. <laughs> like they're no, just you do. Inside. Yeah, I would say you write a cinnamon hole, roll, cinnamon hole, <laughs> cinnamon roll hero. I like the cinnamon hole, the squishy guy that's you know really just a jackass because that's what I marry. <laughs> but yes, in romance, all of my favorite heroes would be a red flag. I mean, we talk. I have an obsession with kidnapping. Kidnapping yeah, is Becky's I mean, love language. Listen, we are, the thing about it is we um, are smart enough to know that it's wrong in real life and you know like that we can like it fictionally it's okay mm -hmm. yeah um so you write a lot of heroes that do work with their hands that are a little bit more labor hero versus like the office guy um yeah. what is the attraction for that type of hero for you <sighs> like competency porn you know <laughs> like i like i love when a hero like is just able to fix something, you know, or just like, he, like something is broken or something needs to be done. He's already doing it, you know, like whether it's like, I don't know, even just like fixing a lock on the door or making coffee when everybody needs coffee or like, you know, just always kind of just able to jump in and, and fill a need, you know? And I think I don't see men in suits doing that very often. Like I don't see them fitting into my life or anybody's real life, you know? Um, I don't want to, I just am not personally attracted as much to a hero who is like other people doing things for him, you know, mm -hmm. that he himself. I can, and, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like, I, and it's not that I don't think those heroes also have their own merit. Like they definitely do like the billionaire heroes. I will read those till the cows come home and love them. Um, but just like for my own personal, it's like, I can't really relate to that. I have a hard time writing that, you know, mm -hmm. yes. as much as I like it. <laughs> I, and see, and I married a guy who can fix it. You know, it's broken. You say, oh, this is broken. Do I call the repair guy? He's like, uh, let me take a look. I don't think we've ever called. Gorilla glue, he will gorilla glue everything and it's terrible. Like it it always ends up seeping down the wall and like streaks and then it's there forever. <laughs> yeah, I my husband, like in our old house, like our friends used to have the running joke where like we would go to their house and their furniture would always be rearranged, but they would come to our house and walls would be moved. Because he wouldn't like a placement of a wall. So he would just take it out or yeah, put like a wall that. in. I like that. So, yeah. yeah. That was always the running joke. But when yeah. we moved, I told him, like, I was talking to my brother and I was like, yeah, the deal was when we, when we moved, like he wasn't allowed to move any walls. But the ironic thing is my brother was standing right where a wall used to be. <laughs> so. It's ironic. Well, and actually that helps segue. So hot and hammered. 
that series, uh, did that inspire home renovations for you? Like <laughs> in my own house? Yeah, like uh-huh. I read that and I was like, um You're like, what could I do to my house now? Yeah. Probably mostly Bethany's book, um, because she was more of like the she was the interior, she was the house stager. Um mm-hmm. and I think maybe being in her point of view and just going, oh, like just the way that she creates the soft spaces with the lighting and the candle lighting and the the creamy color like schemes and textures and like the way she makes everything so inviting with the cocktail and like a, a just a silver tray, you know, like little things like that that you can get for $5 at home goods, but make a big difference, you know, mm-hmm. I probably got most of my most of the inspiration from her, her book, I would say. I'm not so much a like, um, you know, I don't like a lot of dust is my problem. And so my husband's always like, well, let's just refinish the basement. And I'm like, I'm not, I don't want men in this house tracking dirt in here, like, <laughs> making noise, forget it. Like, I'd rather just move to a different house. <laughs> no. And I was yeah. like, can we like, do you think we could put a pass through here? Maybe tear this wall out? What do you think about expanding this closet? No, I'm like, does that mean I have to wear a bra for like three weeks? Like. <laughs> not happening see i'm not the one who does that my husband is like every once in a while he'll start a conversation with so i've been thinking and then it proceeds like a like a house plan change i'm like i never like when you start a conversation with those words yeah he's like it's okay but i've been thinking (laughs) that we could do that so for your series like you typically do like three, two to three books per series. Do you plot out your entire series ahead of time or do you wait and plot like book by book to see which characters like speak to you the most for the next book? I plot out the series uh, order. I always know what order it's going to be in because you kind of have to start building, um, you know, you start, you have to start building interest in your next characters and also you have to sort of they have their, their, their story has to be already kind of sort of running in the background has to be playing out um so I do plot it like in order um but I never know, know exactly what's going to happen in a character's book until I get to it mm-hmm. you know I kind of like I know what the tropes are going to be I know um you know who they'll be with and right. I kind of um I can I can create some intrigue there but I, I sometimes I regret it because I'll get to their book and I'll be like, oh, I should have done that, should have done that. And then I'll just like, I'll have to find a way to like shift it to get it to the way I want it to be, uh, mm-hmm. shift it a lot. Um, but I like, I'm really a pantser. I really like things to kind of build organically throughout a book. I, I don't like it to feel like, okay, I've created this outline and this formula and I'm sticking to it even if it doesn't feel right or if it feels stiff or um, I just kind of like to give, give myself a little leeway to change, uh, to, to like meet the characters, let them be together on the page and see what that's like, because it's just never what I think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes like a hero and a heroine will get on the page together and I'm like, oh, like that's how they interact. Like I, that's not what I was picturing. And so it changes things. And so I like to give myself a little room to make, make shit in there. Um, but I, I do know like the basic skeleton of like what the series will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you kind of, 
And before we get, because we want to talk about your upcoming series or your upcoming release, which is book two in your series. But I did want to ask, you kind of have switched up some subgenres. You're mostly just contemporary romance. You do write some rom-com, but you have a paranormal, a PNR series. Yeah. And, you know, was that just inspired? Is that, is it hard to switch genres? Do you feel like it just kind of gives you a different creative outlet a little bit with vampires? Um, well, so it's like, it, it's twofold, the reason I wrote that series. And one is because um, if I'm writing, so you know how I do traditional publishing and self-publishing at the same time. Mm-hmm. So being hybrid is a little tricky because if I'm writing a contemporary adult series for my publisher, I can't go and write a contemporary adult book and self-publish it because it's a violation of my contract. Uh, so I have to find ways to write things and self-publish them that aren't going to compete with my traditionally published series. So <laughs> Vampires was not a competition with my other adult con- contemporary series. And so I was like, well, what could I, like, one thing I've always wanted to do is write something like that TV show, Pushing Daisies. Do you guys remember that show? Oh, I yes, love that show. I love that show. Love it. <laughs> show um where did it go and like I, I know it needs to come back it like lives in my subconscious and it, I don't know for the longest time it has I just like I love I love you know true crime and murder and mayhem and so like I love dark humor and it just like that dark quirky humor I've always wanted to write something like that and so I I thought it would be, was a good opportunity and it could, kind of didn't, I didn't set out to write vampires, but it just fit perfectly with this, what, this heroine I wanted to write who worked in a mortuary. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like the first scene is that this beautiful boy turns up on her embalming table and she's about to embalm him and he wakes up and he's a vampire and his friends like put him there as a prank, you know, because he it would appear dead. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> So that's kind of I just started with a scene and it just went from there <laughs> I love that um okay Leah's obsessed with this book so she has to ask this question so window shopping I loved oh. it I thought your characters were wonderful <laughs> I love the fact that the grump was like the heroine because you don't always get that like I like when authors switch that up but do you have any more like plans on holiday focused series um, I like to, I like to write holiday books. I wrote a, Valent- a Valentine's Day book um, the previous year called The Sweetest Fix. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then window shopping. I do like, I, I guarantee I'll write another holiday book in the future. It's just, just something that's really lovely about writing a book set during that time, during mm-hmm. the holidays. But like, I don't read a lot of them. So I <laughs> don't so like, it could have been why it was like, so out of left field for everybody. Uh, it just like, it wasn't like a typical Christmas book. It was more like a, a romance that took place that happened to take place at Christmas time. But it passes the diehard Christmas test like perfectly. Cause like you take Christmas out and it doesn't make sense. Like that book is That's like true. the she perfect Christmas book. Mm-hmm. No dresser at Christmas, you're right. The diehard Christmas test. I've never heard that before. That's our, <laughs> we came up with that as part of our podcast. Uh, we did a Christmas in July episode and we had six of us on. We each read a different Christmas 
book or novella and we had to figure out if it would pass is it a christmas book or is it just like christmas adjacent like does christmas really need to be in it for it to still be for the story to make sense so kind of like is die hard the christmas movie or not a christmas movie and so we put a bunch of christmas romance novels to the die hard test and then in December, whenever we reviewed a Christmas book for the podcast, we put it through the Die Hard Christmas test. So that's kind of our quirky little thing. I love that. I love that. It's, you know, it's kind of who we are. Because we are firmly in the camp that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. At least the majority mm-hmm. of the people. Mm-hmm. I have no feelings. I've never seen it. Can you believe that? Yeah, do not tell I... my husband that. <laughs> like, I think there's a bunch of like movies like that I haven't seen. Like I don't think I've ever watched Star Wars the whole way through. Like there's a lot of movies like that I like all the Lord of the Rings, all the Harry Potters, like nothing. I haven't seen them. I don't know. <laughs> um yeah. we will not hold it Just against the- you, Leah's a we little won't. like having problems, but it's okay. <sighs> Yeah, I'm not a big total. TV. Everyone was well with win- with uh window shopping, everyone was like, oh, it's like Ted Lasso. And I'm like, oh, why is that? Because I do not <laughs> yeah. I don't if it's crime documentary, I will watch it. If it is old school law and order, I'll probably pick those up just because I can have them in the background while I'm doing other things. But if I'm sitting down, I'm reading because that's what I need to do. <laughs> So I love, I'm a TV person. I'm more of like a sit down and watch a TV, like a, uh, like a season of a TV show rather than watch a movie. Yeah. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't know what Ted, Ted Lasso was when it, when everybody was talking about it. So I'm so glad I started watching that show. I just like, I, I've always thought Chase and Sudeikis was like a closet freak. Like I swear, I always thought that. So much. There's something about him. Like, I'm like, he puts it down, (laughs) you know, like Mm -hmm. there's something about him. He like dated January Jones and he dated Olivia Wilde. And I'm like, these beautiful women are not dating. There's there's something, there's something there. (laughs) So anyways, I, I, when I started watching Ted Lasso, everybody kind of really loved Roy Kent. And I totally fully get that. I love Roy Kent. And he's actually more, mostly the character I would normally write. It's like that kind of grumpy asshole, you know, mm-hmm. with old. But then I was like, all I could think about was writing this like super nice guy hero that like everybody kind of underestimated as this, you know, like he's still waters run deep, basically just like he has all this inner turmoil and all this like all this baggage but he puts on this optimistic face and I that was so attractive to me um yeah anyways I love Ted Lasso I, I just it's <laughs> if I can only watch one for the rest of my life it'll probably be it That's so funny um okay well let's talk about this new series we've got the Bellinger sisters Am I saying it right? Mm-hmm. I'm terrible with names. So well, if, I, yeah. <laughs> if I'm butchering it, feel free to correct it because I am the worst with names. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of talk. What is the inspiration for this book? Because a lot of people say it's like, it's Shit's Creek. It's like Shit's Creek romance. Um, but what was the inspiration for the sisters? Well, it's really Alexis Rose, I'd say, is the main inspiration from Alexis Rose is the character from Schitt's Creek. Um, she's the sister. She's a spoiled brat socialite. You kind of hate her the first mm-hmm. six episodes of Schitt's Creek. You're like this. She's she's annoying. She's shallow. Um, 
she's, you know, she's incapable of doing anything for herself. But then throughout the series, she learns how to do things for herself and people underestimate her and she comes through and she like discovers her potential and like not to spoil Schitt's Creek for anybody. I don't think this really spoils it, but she sort of like falls in love with herself by the end of the series, you know, mm-hmm. like that's her love story. And I, I love a, a heroine being underestimated and then proving everybody wrong. And so I, I just like really wanted to write a romance for her, um, for, a, for the Alexis Rose type character. Um, and the only other similarity to Schitt's Creek is that it's kind of like a fish out of water situation where you're taking, you know, a rich of like a rich socialite and throwing her into a fishing village mm-hmm. um, and watching her <laughs> try and navigate it um, without Instagram and paparazzi and, you know, like all of her creature comforts. So it is a little bit like uh, it does. It does um, have like some similarities to Schitt's Creek, um, but it's it's just mostly inspired by it, but it's its own sort of world and story. Um, And so that's happened one summer, which came out this last spring. So spring of 2021 is when that released. Um, It has a super grumpy hero in it. So if you like (laughs) a grumpy hero. Yeah, she, so Piper, uh, Piper is our pampered LA socialite and she gets banished to Westport, Washington. Um, her, her stepfather, her rich stepfather cuts her off and he's like, you know, you're on your own. Um, and so she gets to this town and this like sea captain, like this king crab fisherman, Brendan, he's like, she's not going to last a day. And then she proves him wrong. And he just like slowly just becomes like, he just worships her, you know, and it's kind of enemies to lovers, but (laughs) it's, it's just a, it's like my favorite book I've ever written. I love it. (laughs) I love those characters. I probably can write them a whole other book. (laughs) And it, it, it went crazy this summer. It blew up. Um, I saw it for weeks. It was all over like book talk. Every time I'd go on TikTok, I would, there's somebody else talking about Tessa Bailey's book. And I'm just like, okay, <laughs> fine, fine. I'm going to read it. going to read it. Um, <laughs> it's, I'm such a brat like that. Sometimes I'll be like, everybody's talking about, I'm not going to read it. It's like, it's too overhyped. I'm like, no, but I, that's everybody else. It doesn't mean I'm going to like it. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, of course I end up liking it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it was so but there's good. A lot of, but there's a lot of anticipation now though for, for Fox's book because of like his character arc through book one. Yeah. Um, so we have Piper and Brendan are the characters from It Happened One Summer. And then kind of like in the book, It Happened One Summer, you meet Fox, um, who is the, he is like the town uh, womanizer. He's also a king crab fisherman. Um, and he falls like, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious on the page that he sort of falls flat on his face for Hannah, who is Piper's mm-hmm. younger sister. Yeah. And so when we come into Hook, Line, and Sinker, which is the second book, um, him and Hannah have been basically in contact for six months through text messages. Uh, she's gone back to LA, he stayed in Westport but they've, they've stayed in contact. And so the whole first chapter is just like a progression of their relationship through text message conversations. Mm-hmm. 
I really enjoyed that. Actually, we were lucky enough to get an advanced copy. And I really like that. I felt so a couple of things. One, I feel like that because of the way you set it up, you can actually read it as a standalone. So if you haven't read It Happened One Summer, but you want to try Hook, Line, and Sinker, because that's the one that's, um, you know, coming out, you should go back and read It Happened One Summer. But Hook, Line, and Sinker, because of how you set up that first chapter, you aren't lost. You're like, okay, yep, I can see where this started. I see where we're going. Um, You know, and sometimes... Even when you have a series, sometimes it says standalone, but they don't always <laughs> standalone. Mm-hmm. But yeah. this absolutely does. You can absolutely read this as its own. Thank you. So, yeah, that- um, that's always the idea. My yeah, my editor is pretty good at guiding me. Uh, she's like, no, just remember, <laughs> you know, like they wouldn't know this if they hadn't read if they haven't read the first book. Um, so she's good at pointing that out for me. Um, but yeah, I feel like I want it to be its own book. Like Piper and Brendan are in this book, but they're definitely the secondary characters in this book. You know, like mm-hmm. it's my, if Fox and Hannah are, are get, get the main stage in this one. <laughs> well, yeah. and one thing I really liked about the text messages because the, the story itself, like it happens about, it's like a two week progression. So you get all of those months of text messages. So it like their relationship is progressing like in a natural like timeline. Like there's not a lot of like speed to it. Like once you get, like they basically had this relationship like forever in a sense. And then like they're face to face again and you see and you get to feel like those emotions like now that they're face to face. And I just thought like, the, the timeline like moves so smoothly and I really enjoyed that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, they're, it's friends to lovers, you know, and I want them to be, I wanted them to be really authentically friends, you know, not mm-hmm. just like um, two people that know each other in passing and now they're, you know, I, wa- I wanted the relationship to be on the page already when, it, when the book kind of started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that's where the text messages came in. Those were really fun to write. I mean, like, <laughs> it's so funny how everything was so important down to like the emoji and the te- and like the timestamp, you know, like if it took him an hour to answer or if it took him a minute to answer, that made a difference, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just really, it was just really fun to, to start a book like that. I. I was thrilled when my editor said, yeah, do it. I was like, okay, I'll do it. (laughs) It also gives an interesting way to show different ways of communication. It doesn't, communication isn't always just body language or face to face. In technology and in the current situation, we do so much digital communication. I like reading that in romance. I like the text messages. I like seeing, you know, as I watched the bubbles, you know, mm-hmm. and then they disappear and then they come back. Yeah. Like, well, it's something we can relate to. So like so easily, you know, we can't necessarily relate to like meeting a, a billionaire in a bar, but we, we can relate to waiting for a text message to come through or um, just like, yeah. I mean, it just feels, it just, it's like a way of making those characters so relatable to you as a yeah. reader. Well, um, and another thing that I love throughout this book is like music was such a, a important part of their story. Is that, was there a reason that you picked certain songs that you did or did you just kind of in the moment, like, Hey, this is like a great song for how they're feeling right now. 
or did you or did you go into it like I want to work this song into this story music's a really big part of like my my relationship with my husband so he it's, I don't it's weird sometimes I work things into a book and then I don't really realize that there was a subconscious like reason for it until way later like my husband is a, a record collector you know and mm -hmm. I was writing this book while he was sick while he was recovering it was probably me like you know wanting to put the things I love about him on the page somehow and it just like being so close to the surface of my conscious that I just mm -hmm. like incorporated it into the story but like yeah I mean Fleetwood Mac like we listen to that vinyl all the time together you know like it, it's just probably something that just drifted into the story without me really you know thinking about why um but I yeah music is I think music is such a huge part of a lot of our lives and um it's like you a song can make you cry a song can make you it can change your whole mood and and like it could actually um you know like it could give you a different perspective. And I just think uh, like, it's just very Hannah. Like Hannah is a very mm -hmm. soulful, relatable character. And it's how she, it's how she expresses herself. Um, and yeah, it was just like a really cool way of them communicating without being romantic, you know, because they, they're friends. So, them talking about like, how was your day? Like what kind of the song was your day? And then like them giving like a song to like describe their whole day. Like it just mm -hmm. like, it just was like having a full page of conversation, like full 10 pages of conversation with just that one exchange. And I just think mm -hmm. it, made it deeper and um, it just kind of like explained a lot about those characters without me having to do anything, you know? Mm -hmm. Like the, the songs they picked to talk to each other about were like so telling. Um, mm -hmm is just that way well and I think that there inherently we have music and books together can help set a mood and an atmosphere within a story without you having to describe every small detail like you said 10 pages of conversation and I think it enhances the story and there were a couple of songs that I was like wait what song is that because I'm we're a Broadway family so like if you show tune it I can tell you the song <laughs> I can tell you what act from what show and who might have originally performed that um so there were a couple songs I had to look up but I was like oh that makes so much sense yeah that would be perfect there so um for me I really enjoy that I like when we have the music that helps set the scene and the atmosphere within the story I think it adds power to the story yeah, no, it does. I mean, yeah, like you were saying, like even the character reading a book, like a certain book and they're within a book, like you're yeah. like, oh, okay. I see what the author's trying to say about the the main story. Like the, you know, like I, I get what she's going for. Like, I, I don't know why Twi like Twilight comes to mind. Like what was she reading? Like the Tess of the Dubervilles or something? Yeah. During that, you're like, I don't know why that just added like a whole other layer and they didn't even discuss it. <laughs> you know um yeah things like that. um so and this is something we had to ask you because you are one of the few hybrid authors that we 
we actually want to we have to come up with a name for the award because Leah and I are both you're one of the few hybrid authors that your voice does not change. Your level of esteem does not change from your indie books to your traditional published books. Mm-hmm. We see, uh, you know, because we are both avid readers, we probably tend to go a little more towards the indie than the traditional published just because we like a very sexy book. <laughs> um, but your books, the steam is the same. The voice is the same. It's the consistency. And um, we want to know how you do it. <laughs> not everyone does it, but you do it and you do it so well. Like you are the queen when they say you're the queen of dirty talk. You are. <laughs> and it's there in all your books, not just certain ones. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm just like, I'm not, I, th- I don't know. I think, um, I think that there's some pressure on an author sometimes to write to a market or write, you know, like write with an eye towards marketability or, um, oh, what's popular right now? Like, what should I be writing that's going to get the most, you know, like vision, the the most uh, eyes on it, you know? And I, I think don't care. I like, I would rather just write something that I like and that turns me on. Like I, you know, if it's, it's probably been my downfall a few times of not writing things that are marketable, you know, like, <laughs> um, so I, I, I like, I think there's, there's something to be said for both ways of being, of authoring, you know, like authors going, what do readers want right now? I want to give them that, you know, and that's really smart. Um, I'd like, I cannot physically write a book where I don't know, where I'm not like turned on. Like I want to be turned on. I want the hero to be no filter in certain scenes. I want the the heroine to feel objectified and sexy <laughs> uh, when it's time. Otherwise, I just don't like. I wouldn't want to read it myself, you know. Yeah. Um, so it really just comes down to me, like needing to write what I want to read, and uh, you know whether whether it's um, ends up being something that readers want to pick up or not. I just have to. I have to give myself that rush of um, like serotonin. <laughs> Well, you do it very well. And I mean, because and there have been things in the past that I'll be like hesitant to pick up a book and your books, Katie Robert books. I know that no matter what I pick up, the voice is going to feel the same. It's going to be the same amount of steam and sexiness that is a reader that I enjoy. I understand editors and, you know, the market and making sure the book fits and stuff like that. But we just want you to know, thank you for fighting for your voice. And we appreciate it. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I always will. I, I think, you know, like, I, I'm not writing, I'm writing for readers. And um, I just, I feel like I, if I've spent most of my time doing anything as an author, it's getting to know readers and what they want, and listening to readers. And, um, you know, I think the market might shift, but there's always going to be, you um, there's always going to be readers like me and like you guys who want the sex on the page and want to feel Mm -hmm. that, um, sort of like clench of desire, (laughs) you know, like that, Ooh, um, or otherwise it doesn't feel like a complete reading experience to me. I mean, that's kind of like, uh, you know, everybody reads romance for a different reason, but I really do just need that. Like, um, I just need that sex feeling that sexy feeling. So, yeah. Uh, we get it. So Hook, Line, and mm-hmm. Sinker comes out on March 1st. And it'll be available on all retailers. You can find it 
in the stores, you guys. It's mass published, so you will be able to find it. But after Hook, Line, and Sinker, what is next? Okay, so speaking of um, sexy, sexy books um, with cinnamon roll heroes, I have a book called My Killer Vacation coming out in June. And I peeked this cover on Fantastic Fiction today and I was like, this is a great cover. It's so like bright and beautiful. Mm -hmm. And thank you. Uh, yeah, I, so it just happened that they, they did like a special edition cover for window shopping for a subscription box, Hello Lovely box. And the, mm-hmm. the, the artist, I was like, oh my God, I was like, can you do some more covers for me? And she was like, yes. Um, and so she did my killer vacation and it is so dirty, like, and so fun. Like I was like, Tessa Bailey's going to say like, there's going to be some daddy talk. Like I am not holding back. I do like the daddy talk. It's a bounty hunter and a second grade teacher solving a murder together. And it's hilarious. Like it is ridiculous, over the top, nasty fun. (laughs) I am there for it. (laughs) These are, these are all things that I really like. So my killer vacation. Yeah, that's what's coming out after Hook, Line, and Sinker. And then Book Talk has convinced me to write a reverse harem. So fuck it. I'm doing that. Go you. (laughs) Also there for that. Reverse harem rom-com, mind you. Um, (laughs) Will there be sword crossing? (laughs) Yes, will swords cross? I don't think so. Um, Uh And normally I do. Normally, I absolutely would want that. Um, but for some reason, when I'm plotting this book, and I have, like, I could not, like, I compulsively plotted it after I got the idea. It just didn't work for this particular story. But, but you know what? If it's a rom-com and it's a reverse harem, it's going to need a little bit of awkward thrown in there. Kind mm-hmm. of, yeah. you know, oh, just oh, make that, maybe an <laughs> accidental sword cross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there could be some of that. There could be some of that. <laughs> Um, I was having a conversation the other day with Leah and my girl child walked in who's 16, almost 17. And I said something to Leah. I said, yeah, I read it. It was really good, but their swords don't cross. My child looked at me and she's like, really? I'm like, yeah, really. These are the conversations your mother has to have. Go away. (laughs) I'm like, your education is complete. Move on. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Tessa, thank you so much for giving us your time and coming on this episode. We appreciate it so very much. Thank you for having me. Great questions. And the company was lovely. And thank you. Um, thank yeah, you. Oh my gosh, wonderful time. Thank you so much. You are welcome back anytime. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. You can get Hook, Line, and Sinker wherever you buy your books by Tessa Bailey on Tuesday, March 1st, with 50 other million books releasing on March 1st. Oh my gosh, there's like just March in general is crazy town. There are so many books coming out on March, but there's so many good books. Like, so many good I mean, books. I don't know if they're good, but like books that I am like, I am there for so many so many so many hockey romances i don't know if i'm gonna have there's not enough days in march to read all the books well there's particularly not enough days of march to read books when your friend 
your pestis bookist friend <laughs> sends you down a rabbit hole. This is true. So in honor of this rabbit hole, we're going to do book of the week. So Becky led me down the dark rabbit hole of the heaven and hell series um, because she read this book and she was like, Leah, I read this book. It was really good. It was really dirty. Like there's dubious consent in it, like in all these little things. And I'm like, okay, let me read that book. I was like, it was 156 pages of naughtiness. Oh, it is. It was so good. But then there are like six or seven other books in this author collaboration series, like the heaven and hell series. Now, granted, I've only read three so far, but I am not disappointed in this. And they're so good. And kidnapping as a love language is in multiple like parts of these. They are dirty. They are quick. But they were all new to me authors also, which I enjoyed too. So that's what I was going to say. You know, our challenge right now, um, we have one more month left of the new to me Mm -hmm. author challenge. And this is a great way to check out new authors. Are these novellas in these series collabs? You know, we had the, um, the small town Montana ones that Molly McLean was a part of. And mm-hmm. um, that had what, like 11 or 12 different authors? I think it was 12 different authors. And they're actually, but that whole like collab series, they're writing more. So I'm excited yeah. about that. But so this dark and dirty, like taboo rabbit hole, like I started reading more Adelaide Forest because yeah. hot damn, she does it good. She does. So if you have not read her, you should do it because they are they are novellas too, which is nice because like they're like a really good palate cleanser of tabooness. I was trying to tell someone that this week. I was like, it's just the perfect palate cleanser. I'm coming off like a really emotional romance, and then I'm just gonna read this dark, dirty, nasty where consent is gray. Questionable. Well, and it's 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 basically porn without plot. There's some plot, not a lot. The book Hell had a little bit of plot. Heaven did, no, did, Heaven had plot. Did Heaven have, well, yeah. I, I think Hell has so far had the most plot. Wrong did not have a lot of plot, no. but it is still very well done. And the characters are very and like intriguing and the char- like the characters aren't flat. Like they're very interesting characters. Yeah. Oh but yeah, I agree. Just... There was a yeah. one star review. In... There was a one star review for this that, oh my God, there was sex in every chapter. That's how good this book is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like those one star reviews because like when they say there's so much sex, I'm like, I am there for that book because yeah. sometimes you just need that. Right? Right. Right. Especially okay, after so a really slow you... burn. So those were your books of the week too, but you did have another one also, did you not? did. I actually did a, so I did a reread, a listen for a duet that Carolina and I did a quick shot of romance for last week. Um, Mm -hmm. The Dirty Sweet Duet by Laura Lynn Page. If you have not read Laura Lynn Page, I highly recommend her. She can be intimidating because most of her books are trilogies or duets so you know that going in you're going to end up having to read two to three books Mm -hmm. but she has plenty of series that are complete because they all end on cliffhangers so you aren't going to have to wait for the cliffhanger because she has a huge backlist um 
but I did a re-listen of the Dirty Sweet Duet, which is narrated by Shane East. <laughs> and, oh, shoot, I have to think of who the female, I thought I had the female character. Hold on. Uh, the And the book is great. I mean, there's this mutual masturbation scene in book two. Hot damn sister. Like, hot damn. Sometimes um, we count those as a pop. Like, that's how good they I did are. count it as a pop. Uh, Carly Robin Robbins is the female narrator for that okay. book. So Shane East, so sexy British accent. It's an age gap romance. Anyway, single dad, super sexy. Highly recommend. Um, so, okay. so, okay. We are excited to announce that author Kaylee Loring is going to be our guest author in March for Drunk Book Club. Drunk Book Club is 100% virtual. It is Patreon exclusive. Um, and in March, we are meeting on the 19th. So if you would like to know more information about Drunk Book Club, you can check out the website or you can email us at thebees at bookcaseandcoffee.com. So we are going to be live. So if you're listening to this episode <coughs> on February 27th when it drops... Leah and I are going to be live on Instagram on February 28th with friend and supporter of the podcast, author Danica Flynn. She mm -hmm. is joining us to chat about her upcoming release Against the Boards, which is book three in her Bulldog Hockey series. She is chatting with us um, on the night before the book releases. So the book releases March 1st. And this um, it's a real bodied heroine, a by her bisexual heroine um mm -hmm. and hockey so there is a lot in this book it's very good and so we are excited to chat with miss danica and we adore her and her grumpy self we do mm -hmm. we do love her grumpiness <laughs> um and you can also find a listing of all of our upcoming events at bookcaseandcoffee.com slash events and this is a great way to keep track of all the things we are doing also our newsletter Sign yes, up for our newsletter. We do have that. <clears throat> and we want to say a welcome to new Patreon member, Jen Ellen. Um, we love watching our community grow, and we might have the best like online community in Romance Landia. If you would like to join us, check out our Patreon campaign at patreon.com backslash bookcase and coffee. We have some wonderful like things that we do for our Patreon members. And I mean, it does get a little chaotic sometimes. Well, poor Jen Ellen, she decided to check us out for Galentine's Day. Oh, and Galentine's Day got a little out of hand. It was a little out of control, but it was fun. It was a great time. It we was all learned so how to make fun. new drinks. We did. Um, it was a great time. It got out of hand, but it was like the best, the best out of hand possible. And Jen and Ellen honestly, was she like, liked us so much that she's going to join us some more. So she's like, you are my people. And we're like, okay, we're not everybody's people. So that's great. Um, we are not everybody's cup of tea, but it is wonderful when we find those that we are. Yes. Um, so we're excited that I'm excited. I don't know about Leah. I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, I am super anticipating the return of the Netflix original Bridgerton. Um, and because of that, we are back for another round. Uh, another round is an exclusive YouTube cast for our Patreon members. Host of the Corset and Crown podcast, Katie and Sadie, will be joining Leah and I 
as we talk all things Bridgington. First up, on March 20th, we are doing a book discussion on Season 2 Inspiration, The Viscount Who Loved Me by Julia Quinn. You can find details about how to join us by visiting our website or check us out at patreon.com slash bookcaseandcoffee. I'm super excited. I haven't read a historical in a minute, and I know everybody hates Uh Anthony, um, but his heroine is... Oh, she hands him his ass so many times. Yeah. Because honestly, Bridgerton is the only historical romances I have read. Really? Really? Like, no joke. Historicals are not my jam. I'm sure I've read one like ages ago. But yeah, I just, I don't, I don't care for them. Like, I'm, okay, I take that back. These are the only ones that I have finished. Okay. Well, I'm excited to talk the Viscount who loved me with you guys. And I am very excited because I love Kate. She's like my favorite Bridgington heroine. And everybody uh, that's part of our Patreon will be able to join us and chat live and ask us questions uh, with the book discussion um, mm-hmm. on the YouTube. So what's up next? So, up next, we are breaking down, as you all know, our reading challenge first challenges for 2022 instead of the year-long challenge we're doing three big challenges with little challenges sprinkled it we are currently running our new to you author challenge um we're going to do summer reading becky and i have been brainstorming well becky has been brainstorming and telling me like her ideas for summer reading and like ways we can change it up and make it fun it's it's not going to be chaotic that's a lot it's going to be chaotic going to be chaotic and also we're going to do bring back the clear the TBR challenge since Becky left was left unsupervised, but it worked out perfectly. And it was a big hit with all of our like community. So we're going to do that one too. And we, like I said, we'll probably sprinkle some smaller challenges in because Becky and I love to do a giveaway. We do. We love a good giveaway. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> Yes that and then also i don't have it on our list but we are still hosting book discussions over on our discord channel and Mm -hmm. those are open to anyone that would like to join discord there are channels within our discord that are exclusive to our patreon but uh, the book discussions are open for anyone who is interested in joining us i just picked a book for march 9th and now i don't remember what i picked and you did not tell me so i cannot no jenny made me pick it I don't remember. Look on our website, check out our social media. That'll tell you where it is. Um, Okay. Who are we talking to next time, Leah? On the next episode of Buzzing About Romance, we are chatting with debut author Maisie Eddings. Maisie is an own voice author who is releasing her debut novel, A Brush With Love, on March 1st. March 1st again, people. And we are also hosting a paperback giveaway for a signed paperback on our website and Instagram. Yep. And that runs uh, through March 1st. So make sure you Mm -hmm. check out our on the shelf show notes and um, our Instagram so that you can enter for your chance to win her assigned copy of her debut novel. So Mm -hmm. it'll be fun. Anyway, it'll be fun. We Uh, do love a giveaway. I do love a giveaway. Uh, Thank you for listening, everyone, and joining us for this episode of the podcast. Um, Until next time. Happy reading, everybody. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. 
you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes. 